right, praise the Lord, just to catch you up to speed. I don't know if you, how many of y'all have been checking in online? Got a few of you here have been checking in online? All right, a lot of you been checking in online. All right, some of you have not been able to. Some of you just ain't going to do it. I don't know what the case is. Anyways, we started a new series last, uh, well, two weeks ago called Faith for Exiles. All right, and if you missed any of them, you missed two of them. Right? On, on the, on the, I think on the website it shows three. One of them is promises. That is not part of this. But, 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 but the last two, all right, are, 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 are you need to go check out because there was a lot of stuff there. We covered a lot of traction, and we're in the book of First Peter. We made it through two verses already. <laughs> two verses. Two weeks ago we went through verse one. Last week we went through verse two. Today, I think we're going to cover three more verses. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Anyways, we're in this series called Faith for Exiles. And, and Peter, he writes this letter. He writes this letter, all right, to, to, to what he calls the exiles of the dispersion. And you're like, what the heck? I know, man. Go back a couple weeks. Check it out. You'll find out what I'm talking about. Anyways, he writes this letter to the, what he calls the exiles of the dispersion to God's scattered Christians. He writes this letter to us, all right? Pastor Peter writes this letter to, his, to, the, to the church, which is us, Jesus' church, man. And I believe when he uses this term, exiles of the dispersion, all right, I believe he's, he's talking in reference to, and he's kind of thinking back about 700 years ago when Jeremiah wrote a letter to what God called the exiles in Babylon, all right? And there was basically the dispersion, basically what happened. Just catch you up to be real, real quick history lesson. 600 years, 700 years before this, 600 years before this letter took place, all right, Israelite was taken, Israel was taken captive by the Babylonians, and they were all, and a lot of them were over there all jacked up, you know, kind of in captivity. They weren't actually slaves. They were just made to live in this community. And God sent a letter through Jeremiah over there, and he says, basically, to you guys who were over here, you know, scattered around in places you don't really recognize and you're not really used to, he goes, let me just kind of tell you what to do over there. Stop twisting around because life ain't happening the way you want it to happen. Stop twisting around because you had all these plans, and now all of a sudden, this COVID-19 wrecked it all, all right? Stop twisting around, he says, you know what I mean? Because one of them go, where's God even around? Does he even care? All right, you know what he told everybody? He says, man, calm down. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I had a, oh man, okay. I have my, uh, it's in the back room back there. I don't know. I'll be right back. No, okay, ne never mind. All right, I'm gonna do this. Because I'm sweating, all right? I won't do what I did that one time. Remember, I lifted my shirt up and went like this. Oops, sorry, I forgot about that. Anyway, so, all right. So, right, what are we talking about? All right, so anyways, God, it's just lovely to see you guys here. I want to come down there and say, what's happening? Fist bumps and everything, what's happening, all right? Uh, so, God, he, you know, he, God writes a letter to these guys back in Babylon, man, who are thinking they've been forgotten by God, stricken by God. I thought, you know, man, is this God thing even real? What's happening? And God said, you know, kind of like a lot of us have been doing these past few months, right? We've been scattered around. Like, wait a second, we were used to all this, man. God said, you know what? I'm going to scatter you guys about. I don't know if you guys remember in February before this really got crazy, we were up here preaching and we talked about how I kind of accidentally said, and I didn't accidentally, I think it was on purpose. I said, it would be really cool if God outlawed the church for a little while, wouldn't it? Anybody was here on that sermon? <laughs> and then it happened. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> it was awesome. I, mean, I think it's been awesome. All right, I just saw something. I just wanted to move it. All right. <laughs> anyways, so pretend I didn't do that. Um, so anyway, so 
God has all these people over here, the exiles, the dispersion. He writes this letter and he says, look at man, stop twisting around. Stop worrying about what's happening. Here's what I want you to do. Build some houses. All right, I want you to plant some gardens. Maybe even start a business. All right, you know, marry your kids off. All right, build families, you know, plant roots where you're at, man. Let it be known, let it be recognized, all right, where you're at. That I'm there with you. You see, God's, you know, the job, the main job description for God's people, man, was, was, was to know God and to make God known. And God said through this, man, he says, you know what? Don't just go around talking about me. Let people see me. Let them feel me, man. I want you to increase. I want you to seek the welfare of the, of the city in which you've been exiled to. And one thing I have been so blessed to be a part of is you guys, as you have been out in the community, handing out potatoes, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Lots of them. You know what I mean? Making masks. You know what I mean? Making food and soup for people in the community. All right, handing out, you know, food, man. And so just blessing the community. Getting in community, man, groups, and just recognizing the church is not closed. Amen? Amen. You guys have been doing this. And just like he told Jeremiah back then, or Jeremiah told the people over there, he says, look at man, don't, be, don't just be talking about God. Let people see God. Let them feel God. God was actually even saying, you know what I want you to do? I want, I want you to make me known by letting, letting it be known that you really know me. Make me know. My, my brother, man. He saw me. I'm going to be drenched here in a minute. Thank you, my man. Love you, brother. I know you do. All right. And this is, he said, make me known by letting it be known that you really know me, man. Christian exiles, man. This, this, this letter is written to us that we've been scattered about, man. All right. It's, been, we've, it's written to us, man. We're the exiles. And we're like, okay, well, what does that even mean today, man? Christian exiles, who do I got, man, are the culture creators. All right, who though we know that our lives here ain't gonna be forever, right? But we, we make it our aim and our focus to live a life here, all right, that glorifies God, that not only glorifies God, but we also wanna live lives, all right, that make it easier for other people to know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Here's what I know. We're exiles. I believe this, and you're like, and, and I'm gonna be talking about this over the next couple of months, man. All right, we're, we're the church. All right, but that believe that the church is, is God's agent to change the world. All right, we believe that, but we also know that there's a lot of people that the church has left a bad taste in their mouth. You understand what I'm saying? Or a bad smell in their nose or something like that, right? And the exiles are the one who, 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 who cross the boundaries, man. We exiles have a heart for the church because we know the church is, is good. And the exiles have a, have a heart for the people who can give a rip about the church because they know that Jesus died for those people. Amen. 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 So, the, so the exiles bridge the gap between people and between Jesus. The exiles bridge the gap, man, between the Jesus people and the, and the people that don't, don't really like the Jesus people or don't trust them. And it's a gap that sometimes these people don't even know exists or they ignore it. But this is your job, man. 
if you know Christ, this is your job. When you're like, what's my job? All right? And I'm going to put it up here. Ready? To make Christ known by letting it be known that you really know him. Did you get that? This is your job. All right? To make Christ known by letting it be known that you really know him. Amen? Amen. Say that with me. Make Christ known by letting it be known that you really know him. Amen? Praise the Lord. And that's what we're about today. I mean, because if, if all we do, all right, I mean, you know what I mean, is just talk about it, man. We ain't doing nothing, right? We need to make him known by letting it be known that we really know them. And we do this by sharing a gospel, all right, that is not just heard. It's not just heard. It's not just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it, 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 it doesn't, it, it's not just, it's not just so, so, you know, it, it's not just easy to tell because you say it's so swell. I'm trying to figure out how to say this, right? All right. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, it's a gospel that is actually seen. It's a gospel that is felt. It's a gospel that can be experienced. Amen. Because that's what the world needs right now. They don't need to just hear us yelling at us, man, man. I mean, all right, we got a lot of people yelling at us right now, right? We got a lot of people yelling at us all day long, all right? People, people yelling at us about what we need to think, what we need to believe. This right here is a gospel that is not yelled at you. It is a gospel that is seen by others. It is a gospel that is felt into their life. It is, is a gospel that is experienced, amen? Praise the Lord. This is it, man. This is where we're at. And so what we're doing, man, is we're looking at this letter. We're looking at this letter, all right? We're looking at a letter, and we're looking at the life of Peter, all right? A letter written by Peter. Now, why are we looking at the life of Peter and a letter? Because if you just read this letter of Peter, we, we, may, we, get, we, we think that, that Peter is like some unattainable, you know, entity, uh, you know, next to Jesus that, that, you know, and the church has done this with Peter a lot. And I've, I would tell you right now, Peter is having to say, no, 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 no. Because even, even in the scriptures, he'll tell you, you know what, don't bow down to me. I'm not Jesus. All right. Peter is not God. Peter is not Jesus. Peter was a, was a human being just like us. And through this letter, we're, we've, we're discovering, you know, that, that, that he, he has these crazy things. Why? Because he's been with Jesus. But also when we look at his life, we recognize how crazy and, he, you know, a crazy that, that his life was just like ours. He lived in a community a lot like ours, you know, aside with all the technology and whatnot. But I mean, he did. He grew up. He had a family. All right, hey, all these things, and we learned about, about Peter that, that they were really not that different. But the thing that, 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 that changed Peter's life is when he was challenged, I believe, when Jesus asked him, we talked about this last week, when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the only one, man. You're God. And what Peter did with that changed his life and changed his, the lives around him. And, and, and Peter's trying to tell us, look, same thing for you. Now, when we go through this scripture, all right, we're going to cover a lot of ground, all right? We're going to talk about, you know, life, you know, there's just life in general. You know, what does it look like for, uh, you know, a Christian, a man, a woman of God, all right, to live a life of faith, all right? We're even going to cover marriage, right? And we're going to talk about family, and we're going to talk about work. We're going to talk about school. We're going to talk about having courage and suffering. We're going to talk about being faithful and sharing our witness for Christ. We're going to talk about even the structure of the church. But if all we do through this letter, if all we do is set goals for a better marriage, all right, for a better family, for, you know, better evangelism, for, for a better, you know, courage. If all we do is set goals for these areas, we've missed the point. 
Because this, this is not a letter about, you know, setting goals to have a better life. This is a letter that talks about being obedient to Jesus Christ, all right, in the midst of all this stuff, amen? Because that is the goal. The goal is obedience to Christ, all right? You know, now, all these things are good. It's good to set goals for a better marriage, a better family life, you know, better finances. All this fun stuff is really, really good, right? It is awesome, but if we miss setting the goal of daily obedience to Christ, well, then we missed, we missed everything, all right? We need to set our goal to, to walk in and to walk with Jesus. That needs to be our primary goal. Why? Because obedience, obedience is the gospel. Obedience to Christ is the gospel breathing life from your life, man. Obedience in Christ is the gospel, breathing life from your life. Allowing the Holy Spirit, we talked about last week, all right, to help you overcome the sin that is just tangling you up. And what did I call it? Sin. Why? Because that's what it's called. It's not called a mistake. It's not called you blew it. Nobody buys tickets to go make a mistake. All right? Nobody saves money to go make a mistake. All right? It's called a sin. All right? And God gives us the power through his Holy Spirit to overcome, all right, these sins. Because we look at him, we're like, no way, man, I can't do it. And God says, yes, you can, because I'm in you, all right, to lead you to do it. Obedience is the gospel breathing life from your life. And, and that's important because the gospel needs to be seen and felt and not just heard. Here's what I know, all right? When the gospel, I think I'll put this up here, I think. When the gospel is seen and felt, it's way easier to hear and believe. Can you feel me? All right, check this out. When the gospel is seen and felt, it is way easier to hear and believe. I'm tired of people walking around with signs going, boom, you... <laughs> You suck, <laughs> all right? <laughs> because you don't know. I'm tired of that. No, 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 no. Turn that side around, man. Hit, your head, hit yourself in the head with it all the way home, all right? And then recognize, boom, fall in love with Jesus and then, and then fall in love with the mission of Jesus to make himself known. Praise the Lord, amen? amen? All right? And we need to preach a gospel that is seen, felt, not just heard. Because when the gospel is seen and is felt, I got to go in my notes because I get lost. I see you guys, man. I'm like, what's up? All right? And the gospel is seen and felt. It's way easier to hear and believe. So what do we believe? Check it out. It's getting ready to get nuts right here. Words are going to fly everywhere. Let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory, Lord God, in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. We just thank you for your word, Lord God. And we are praying in Jesus' name that you would help us understand for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. What do we believe? Look what Peter says. We're in verse three now. So, 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 so if you're, if you're, if you're at home, where are we at? Okay. If you're at home right now, all right, open your Bible to first Peter, right? Verse three. He's like, oh, I got Bible. If you got a phone, if you're watching on something, open your app to first Peter, verse three, chapter one, verse three. All right. You ready? All right. Let's continue to pray. Father, we just give you the praise, Lord. This is your word. And we just pray for your glory, not our glory, but your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I had some water over here. All right.
Peter starts off with, let's put this verse up there and we're gonna get crazy. Verse three, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation point. Peter starts, you know, he, he begins with this phrase. He has, in verse one and two, he has this introduction. All right, who's writing the letter? Who's he, who's he writing it to? Pastor Peter writing it to the church right here. Here we are, boom, the recipients of the letter. All right, and then he begins with praise. Now this, this salutation, this praise of, of uh, this, uh, this the, you know, the, you know uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, verse three. There we go. Yeah, this whole idea right here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, blessed be the God, the, 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 the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, through the Old Testament scriptures, you'll see a lot of you know, references to where, where, where the psalmist is saying, blessed be the God, blessed be God, blessed be God and our Father. Oh, you know, you know, my soul blesses the name of the Lord. All these different praises. But this is the, you know, in, in the New Testament, you start seeing the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You start recognizing there's, 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 there's something, something different now something more, and that more is Jesus, amen? And he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's where it gets crazy, all right? <laughs> I don't know where I was getting ready to go. <laughs> all right, according to his great mercy, all right, freaking some of you people out. I'm gonna calm down right here, all right? What do you think of this? Here's what I do when you calm down. Yeah, you ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> all right. I need one of these. All right, here we go. <laughs> this will help me calm down. It's actually why we bought this. This is the, this is the Ernie Calm Down chair. All right, praise the Lord. Woo, praise the Lord. Here we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now check this out. According to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. <laughs> that lasted a second. <laughs> according to, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, because every one of us, none of us deserve what we think we deserve, man. You understand? None of us really, and I'm sorry, man, you know, you're like, man, this is real down. No, this is a real huge, um, this is uplifting because every one of us know all right, we don't deserve what we think we want, we should deserve most times. But my mom said, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, the, the, every one of us all right, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, all right, to redeem us, to buy us back, all right, from, from, from this, what this life is, is initiated, which this life is paying for, which is death. Is it blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his, according to his great mercy, all right, God's justice, all right, our sin demands a payment. God's mercy, he withholds the payment that we deserve, all right? Now check this out. And he says, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With God's grace, he made the payment, all right? Justice demands a payment. Mercy withholds the payment. J grace, he made the payment, all right? Now check this out, though. According to his grace mercy, he has caused us to be born again. What does that actually mean, caused us to be born again? What he did is he made it possible. He made possible and he initiated a change for life, all right, for us and in us that we could never initiate. He created opportunity for us to be able to reach back 
to God with clean hands. To reach back with clean hands and a clean heart and a purified life through Jesus Christ. All right, without Jesus Christ, and there's a lot of people trying to do this without Jesus, you know, trying to wash your hands. I mean, you're gonna wash it to the bone and you're never gonna be clean enough. Try to wash and scrub their minds and stuff like that. Scrub their heart, ain't never gonna be clean enough. What he said, according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again, all right, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here's the key, to a living hope. To a living hope. Not this, not, not dead hope, not false hope, not, not a lie, man, but to the truth. I, you know, Debbie and I, we, I'm going to tell you in a little bit here. We, we took off, man, this, this past few days and went and had a blast. And we ended up in this one place. And I, and I went to this bathroom at this store and there was this board, a cork board, with all kinds of different flyers of spiritual things that are happening in the community. All right. And one of them says, you know what? You need to come and hang out with us because we're going to meditate on how divine we actually are, how much of a God we actually are. And I was like, wow, man, that's pretty crazy. And then right next to that one, I saw another one that says, no, well, you need to come and hang out with us because we're going to discover your inner innocence. You ain't guilty of nothing. You're totally innocent. And you know, all these things that you're thinking you did wrong, they weren't wrong. All right, okay. And then I saw another flyer right next to that one that says, no, man, you need to come and just hear some sounds because these sounds that we actually, they vibrate the, just the junk out of your life. All right. And I was like, whoa. And then I went to this other one that says, come and join us for depression. Anonymous groups. All right. This is what that leads to. It was like each thing led to Depression Anonymous. All right. Meeting every Wednesday at 4 30 at a church. All right. Praise you. Know, so I was like, whoa, man. And he's like, he says, Lord, blessed be the, Lord, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, not a dead hope, man. Born again to a living hope through the resurrection. All right. Now I got to believe when he wrote this, Peter all right, was writing these big words, you know, tripping us all out, going, whoa, Peter. No, Peter's like saying, no, don't woe me. You know, woe the Lord. He's remembering, he's remembering back in the day, man, when the, when the church first started to get traction, all right? When, when in Acts, he was there, man, when in Acts chapter one, when, when, they, when Jesus, you know, says, um, you need to go in, over here to Jerusalem, all right, and wait for the spirit of God that's gonna come and bless every one of you, all right, and is gonna fill every one of you. And, and, and they stood there just looking in the air, and that's what Peter did. Um, wait a second, where are you going? And somebody had to tell him, no, dude, didn't he tell you to, to, to why are you looking in there? Go, go, to, go, to, go back over where he said and wait. And they did, and he was there when the spirit rushed in, man, and filled him and every man and woman in the room. He was there when the whole town came rushing to see what happened. They thought they were drunk, man. He was like, dude, we ain't even drunk. It's only nine o'clock. What's going on? It's exactly what he said. He was there, man. He was there, man, when, when, when God's Holy Spirit filled him and he got up and he started preaching to everybody there. And they heard the works of God. He was there when he saw 3,000 people that one day give their life to Christ. He was there, man, when, when a few days later, he's walking in the temple with his homeboy, John, man. And they were walking into the temple and there's a dude right there crippled. And he told the dude, I ain't got no money, man. Get up and walk. And the dude got up and walked and his legs, you know, straightened out. He was there and he saw that. He was there when everybody came there and told the man, Peter, man, you are off the hook. Peter was like, I ain't me, man. This ain't by me. This is by the power of Jesus Christ. Remember the dude you crucified? He says, by power of Jesus Christ. This man's able to walk. He was there when they came and arrested him, all right, for helping that dude out. 
He was there, man, and then when they started questioning him, and he told them, look, man, you know, I don't know about you, man, but this is what God is doing through Jesus Christ. He was there when the religious officials said that they were tripping, man, because they knew that these guys were uneducated men. Peter himself was an uneducated man, but yet they can tell that he'd been with Jesus, which is an amazing compliment. He was there when Ananias and Sapphira came and thought they'd just kind of try to, you know, you know, you know, just short sheet the Holy Spirit, all right? And they just kind of said, you know, we're supposed to give them out some cash, short sheet. Somebody knows what a short sheet is, but anyways, all right? So, and it didn't work, and they both dropped dead, all right? Praise the Lord, he's not doing that anymore, right? You know what I mean? Dropping dead, man, because y'all ain't giving to the church. What do you think of that? All right? And so, anyways, uh, anyways, but you guys have been knocking it out of the park. It's been awesome, man. The giving here has been amazing uh, ever since this whole thing had been gone, man. And so, um, but anyways, uh, he was there when he saw that happen. And he was there, man, when, when, when we catch up with him in, in Acts chapter 12. It says this, in the, that, that, that now many signs and wonders were, were regularly done among the people through the apostles. He was there, man, when, he, when, he, when even though the church was starting to get scattered about a little bit and get a little bit of uh, pushback, the men and women who were with Christ all right, that could happen right here, right now. Back then, it was just these dudes, but right here, well, the apostles doing the signs and wonders, but later on, more people do it, man. And right now, when, when, when men and women are just all of a sudden, God is doing mighty things through them in the church and in the community. He was there. When, 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 when uh, signs and wonders were, were done regularly through those men that had been with Jesus, He was there, look at verse 13, when nobody dared to join the church because the people held them in, 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 in high esteem. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what it means, man? He was there, man, when, when the community of Christians had a great reputation for integrity. And everybody knew it was a serious thing to be a follower of Jesus. It wasn't, a, it wasn't just like, you know, cultural application or an app on your phone or a weekend thing. It wasn't a me thing. It wasn't even just the church thing. It was a Jesus thing. And it is a Jesus thing. He was there when people took it that serious. He was there, man. We even then look at verse 14. More and more believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women. When even they, though they knew it was, a, it was a serious thing, they still said, sign me up. They chose to be chosen. He was there, man, when all this stuff was happening. In the gospel, people were being healed, man. And it wasn't all talk. Look at verse 15. People were tripping so much that they carried out the sick into the streets, laid them on cots and mats. As Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. People were doing some crazy stuff. It didn't say that Peter's shadow was healing anybody. It just said, this is how Peter would act. Why? Because we're freaked out people, man. We do stuff crazy. That's what we do, man. We're always looking for a functional savior. Oh, you, you're real close to God. I'm just gonna come over and touch you. Peter, throughout the, the gospels, you'll hear, man, he's like, I'm not that guy. He is that guy. 
But it says, and more and more believers, okay, in verse 16, and it says, but they also gathered people from towns, you know, and started bringing them to Jerusalem, bringing the sick and the afflicted and unclean spirits, and they were healed. Not because that these people were just such stellar people, but because of the power of the Lord, all right, was upon them. The Spirit of the Lord was, was in them. And they took it seriously, man. The gospel was seen. The gospel was felt. The gospel was heard. And the gospel was understood. And the gospel was received. And these guys got arrested for it, man, and they didn't even care. And while they were in prison, man, they, they, got, they got arrested, man, for, for, for sharing the gospel and for healing people. It's crazy, right? Yeah, they got arrested for that. And while they were in there, an angel of the Lord came to them while they were in there and, 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 and then set them free. And here's what he said. Look at this. In verse, in verse 20 of chapter 5 of Acts, he says, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people of this life. They, they weren't playing, man. You know, the angel of the Lord came and said, Look at man, I want you to just, you know, people need to see you standing. Go and stand in the temple. Go and stand there, man. People need to see that you're standing for something. They need to see the gospel. They need to feel the gospel. Yes, and they need to hear the gospel, but they need you to speak the words, look at, of this life. This life is, is not just heard. This life is seen. This life is felt. This life is alive. This life is living. This life is growing. This is the living hope that he's speaking of in 1 Peter verse one, chapter 1, verse 3. Amen? Come on. This is the living hope, man. This is what we're talking about. It's a, okay, I, Debbie and I, man, we, we took off this past few days. All right, we just, we, you know, God told me he wanted me to go honor his daughter. That's what God told me to do. So my, my wife had been working real hard, taking, you know, doing, doing, just doing stuff all, all summer long, man. She'd been tearing it up. And, 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 and then we got a break. And God said, you know what, I want you to go honor my daughter. And so I just said, come on, sir, let's just, let's just take off. We just get in the car. We don't make big plans, her and I. Because if there's a thrift store where we're going, we're good. You know what I mean? It's all matters, man. So, so we got in the ride, man, and we took off. And, and we're ending up at this place and that place. And it was, it was pretty awesome, man, because, you know, what God was telling me, and because I'm telling my, my wife, God's daughter, that I love her all the time. I'm telling her I love her. And he goes, I want her to know, I want her to see it. And I want her to feel it, all right? I, want, I don't want you to just talk about it. I want, she needs to know that this love is, is, is seen and it's felt, all right? And so we rolled out, all right? And we split. And God told me to bless my bride, which is, we are his bride, all right? Told me to just kind of lead her to some place where we can have some peace. We laughed together, man, a lot. We prayed a lot. We ate a lot, <laughs> all right? We looked around and we were blessed by everywhere we went and what God had did and his artistry is pretty amazing, all right? We were thankful a lot. And we even took time to talk about our boundaries in our marriage, boundaries that help us grow together, boundaries that help us keep strong together, all right, we, 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 we were blessed by this and everything was going right, man. And we were talking about these boundaries. You're like, what's up? And, uh, you know, and these are the kind of boundaries that, that rebellion in a marriage would not allow, all right? But love would welcome in a relationship, amen? amen? 
And this is, and this is, and, and, and as this is taking place, the two of us are also recognizing that we're his bride. That we're his bride. And even though we are growing in our relationship with one another, man, we have known each other for 39 years, me and this girl. That's my gypsy girl, man. She, I've, been, I've been chasing this girl for a long time. All right? I'd take her out of town just so I could catch her. Ha! <laughs> Got you. All right? 39 years ago, we met, man. And we're still trying to figure out ways to make our relationship with one another grow. But we also recognize, man, that if after 39 years, man, we need to spend some time, you know, discussing how we can continue to grow, then what about our relationship with God? I've only known God, I think. Oh, I wrote it down. (laughs) 25 years I've known God. And we need to continue to know him better. This is that's why it's called a living hope. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? This is living hope because it grows, man, because it has to grow. It's like marriages have to grow. You know, you know what they should put on a marriage certificate? They should also put in big, bold print at the very bottom, action required. (laughs) I need to see that on my marriage certificate every once in a while. Action continually required because the gospel is seen and felt is way easier to believe. Amen. What about you, man? All right. When, When you consider... All right, you're the life that, that, you're, that you're finally alive to. Do you expect it to just keep happening for you? Do you expect this life to just keep on happening on autopilot? I gave my life to Christ, man. This living hope should just grow on its own, right? Do you expect it to just grow on its own? Do you get mad when he doesn't do things that you believe he should probably do right now? Because you, sometimes you just have a little bit better ideas than him. Do you trip on the boundaries that he places around you? Or do you pursue him like you know that there's so much more ahead of you and there's so much more ahead of you with him? Do you pursue him? Peter says this, man. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the bed, from the dead. Look at verse four. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Either you believe that or you don't believe it. Either you're pretending like you believe it or you're living a life that shows that you're expecting it. This life right here. Let that baby do whatever that baby wants to do. That baby's fine. Don't you worry about that. Are you living a life that expects this to happen? We, 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 we have this social way about reflecting a life in Christ that just says, you know, it's pretty much a vending machine not literally a life of obedience that expects this unfading inheritance that's kept in heaven for us. But we have to recognize this is what the gospel is. 
This is what the gospel is. He says, according to his great mercy, to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus, to an inheritance. Look at verse five. All right, he says, first, he says, that is kept in heaven for you, who, you, by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation. This is why I asked the question if you believe this, because this is so important. Because this is there. God has done his part. Either we're, we're going to believe it and roll, roll with him in this, or we're not. And if we believe it and roll with them with this, then we understand that this gospel life that we're living is not just a life that just comes off our tongue so well because we studied so much, all right? It is a life that is seen in our life because it is recognized. We believe this. It is a life that is felt in our life and from our life because we believe this. And through that belief and through that trust, all right, it, it, is, it, is, it is a gospel. It is, it is, it is, a, it is it, our, 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 this, this salvation, this inheritance, this, this is being kept in heaven and guarded, all right, through our faith for a salvation, ready to believe in, ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the gospel. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you believe it? Yes. Is it believable coming from you? As exiles of the faith, here's what I want you to do this week. Here's what I want you. I want you to answer three questions. All right? I want you to answer three. I'm going to put them up here real quick. I just, this week, I want to challenge you to three questions. And if you can just put these three questions in your life, because this is, and, and then read, continue to read verse, chapter, uh, first Peter chapter one, verse uh, three through five. Just continue to let that be your study this week, or at least along with your study or along with your devotional time. And just ask God to reveal himself to you through it. All right. And as you're reading that, I want you to ask this question, these three questions. All right, in and from you is, 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 is what comes before each of these questions. In and from you, can people see the gospel? Can they see it in you and can they see it from you? And then after that, I want you to put, can you, can you see the gospel in you and from you? Question number two. In and from you, do, do people feel the gospel coming from you? In and from, do people feel the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can they feel it coming from you? Do you feel the gospel? I'm talking tomorrow morning, man. When you wake up, And you're having that first cup of coffee or that first big gulp. I don't know what you guys do in the morning. All right, whatever it is. It's the gospel seen and felt from you. Can you see it? Number one, can, can people see the gospel? You know, can they see it coming from you? Number two, do people feel the gospel in you? Oh, come, come, whatever it says right there. <laughs> coming from you. And do you. And finally, number three, what do you need to do about those first two answers? What do you need to do? Are you willing to die to everything that assumes lordship in your life right now? <laughs>
the process of obedience is the goal, remember? Are you willing to die to everything that assumes lordship in your life right now? Your rights? Are you willing to die to that lordship in your life? Your religion? Are you willing to die to that lordship in your life? Uh, your possessions? Certain people? Your goals? I'm not saying get rid of them. I'm just saying, are you willing to die to their lordship in your life? What if we made today, August 16th, 2020? Is it 2020? Yes, it is. For some reason, that didn't sound right. 2020, we've been saying for so long. 2020 didn't sound right. Anyways, it's both, okay? What if we made today, August 16th, 2020? Not the year that all this junk took over your life and lifestyle. But what if we made it the year that Jesus Christ was seen as Lord of your life? What if it was the year that Jesus Christ was felt by others as the Lord of your life and that his gospel was made known because it was just all over you. What if this year became that year? That's up to you, man. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory.